0: Hands-on with DualSense.
1: And interesting exclusivities.
0: Hello and welcome to Triangle Square to PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, your other host, Mr...
1: Saul Bridges, bringing you guys a delayed episode. I guess at this point a
0: skipped episode?
1: No, because it's still going to be episode one... What is it? One... Seventy You're right. So it is just technically delayed. All right. Well, I think it's episode 171, ain't it? Yeah, yeah okay. it will be.
0: So if this is your first time listening to us, of course, at the end of every episode, we kind of go out and expound on where you can find us and where you can chime in during communities take and things like that. Uh, but we always start to show off a very cordial and nice way with a question. that I actually think I know the answer to from both of us, but might as well just run it through and let you guys know. So what's been playing this week?
1: so I only played one game this week <laughs> I <didn't laughs> played Destiny 2 I had a feeling um, I have been playing The Forest which was on sale uh, for $10 and for those that don't know The Forest is a survival horror game it's very much similar to games like Minecraft and Rust and stuff of that nature where you are thrown onto an island there is a cannibal threat which is creepy and other things on the island that can that are out to get you. And it is your task to survive. Except this game actually has a mild narrative in it. And I've been playing that game every single day. Yeah. And I have probably started a new game in that game four to five times now. Um, like I started a brand new game today. And I played from about 8 o'clock till about 1230.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. I have
1: Ghost of Shusama downloaded not played it yet. Because I am so addicted to this game. It's and really fun.
0: I mean, really. It, it's, it it's one of those interesting things where Saul just randomly starts talking to me at work. And it's, it's the first time I've seen Saul be this excited about a game in a long time.
1: I'm telling you. like It it, it, it takes a lot of a game for me to be like, listen, it's just $10. Buy it. And that's kind of well, how it was. And
0: I think it's even more of the fact that you enjoyed it so much and it being $10. It's like, not only is it a surprise and something I would have paid full price for, It's also only $10 right now.
1: And it's one of those games that with Friends, like, it's fun by yourself, but with Friends, it just makes everything 10 times better. Like... Yeah. me, me, you, and Joe were playing that one night. Me and I was like, "Hey, Joe, look over there!" And like we looked, and there was like cannibals running after you, but you're just over there pushing logs and didn't have a care in the world, not even realizing they were behind you.
0: Which is a very—it's a running thing at this point, where we have one of us completely being just glued into your task at hand, not
1: realizing you're about to
0: get messed up by some cannibals.
1: Uh- <laughs> Last night it was pretty funny. Like um, we were playing, and we had just built this really nice bla- uh, base in Eric's world. And I ran to a, there's like a, a cannibal camp in the game and I've played the game enough that I actually kind of know the map now. Okay. Like I actually know where things are in the map that are worthy of interest and, and I know where things were to go for certain things. And I go to this cannibal camp. There's a lot of suitcases there with a lot of medicine in it. Sodas for energy, all kinds of goodies over there. Dynamite flares. It has a lot of good stuff. So I was doing runs, uh, every day going to and from that well that day i started off kind of late and it had gotten kind of dark so like i started to mess with everybody and were like guys i need help and that they were like "Well, you should have gone off to that camp by yourself and like in reality <laughs> i was already in the base because the base has a back door and a front door i went through the back door crouching so nobody saw me and I, uh you can cover yourself in red paint and if you cover yourself in red paint you actually become not hostile to some not all but some cannibals okay and um I freaked them all out when I when I was just kind of walking around inside there. They're like, "What is that?" And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't contain myself; I was laughing. But then I was like, "Hey, I need somebody to fix some food for me because I'm hungry." And Joe did not know that if you're a, <laughs> if you're holding meat in your hand, if you go to a drying rack and you get meat off of it and you're holding it, somebody can come take it from you. So I did not know that either. Joe <laughs> Joe was standing there with it in his hand, and he was like. You're going to go all the way out there and gather supplies for yourself, by yourself, and now you're going to demand somebody cook you food. So as he was saying that, I snatched the food out of my hand, and he was like, are we just going to ignore that this man just stole meat out of my hand? Why does this game have that? Like, why can he do that in this game? And he just <laughs> came over there and stole my deer meat out of my hand. And it's just it's a really fun experience, and it, and it, and it becomes lacious with a lot of people playing. Yeah. But what about you? Because I know you've been playing it, too
0: yes uh so but besides that i'm carrying on my normal i've I- I binged watched the rest of avatar the last airbender and love it still that's a uh, long movie really <laughs> <laughs> you know what was funny last night specifically i was looking through and hannah was in the computer chair behind beside me i was looking through and under netflix's exciting movie tabs was the last airbender i was like this they, this is an exciting netflix, movie i
1: almost always i almost stopped using netflix oh uh, yeah yeah they don't really have much on there that interests me anymore but go ahead Oh you're fine um
0: but it, besides that I, I ended up finishing the last airbender first time rewatching it in probably seven years maybe even a little bit longer than that maybe 10 years um because it, i think the last time i watched it was when it was on netflix like eight years ago <laughs> uh but very good show still loved it and doing my watching that while passively playing runescape and doing training on there so still having fun with that uh and Invert from what usually is going on. I'm the one who hopped on Destiny 2 this week because we are planning to do a raid tonight uh, with my buddy Chris, and hopefully, finally get that stupid platinum that's been eluding me for so long. Um, doing a prestige mode raid, partially because it kind of have to. They're about to take that raid away, and there's no announcement of another prestige raid coming in. So either the trophies requirements will have to change somehow, some way. Honestly, or they'll probably they'll, make it pop for you.
1: I don't know. Because
0: I, there's plenty of games that have online functionality where something changes and they don't do that.
1: Well, the reason I say that is because I was lacking a ghost shell to become Dredgen. And to get the ghost shell, you have to reset your Dredgen rank three times. Mm-hmm. And that's the reward for getting it. Well, when Season of Arrivals, the day it came out, I logged in and that trophy popped for me for getting a, for obtaining a seal. Yeah, And I said, what seal did I obtain? So like I went and looked, and I'm like, I got the ghost. Like they gave me the ghost for no reason. But I found out it's it's they were giving people things like that. They were giving people other parts of triumphs and stuff that they could get anymore for some random reason. That's good. So I mean,
0: really, I hope that they do that because there's so many games. I was speaking uh, with one of my friends the other day about games that essentially soft lock you, and not even say soft lock. I guess they hard lock you out of the platinum. The platinum becomes suddenly unobtainable. Uh, that happens a ton yeah. in games where the servers just go offline, but it happens even more in games where for some reason they update something out and it changes the way that you go about getting the platinum because it's no longer in the game, um, which gets really weird. And you hope that that's not something that just comes up a lot, but you know, yeah, it's
1: kind of a, it's for people who are specifically out going for trophies, it kind of makes it null and void when they want to do something like yeah,
0: that. Sure. But uh, besides that, I, of course, uh, did hop in, played the first mission of Destiny 2 uh, for the season, which they kind of force you into. Like, as soon as you start playing, you're in it. So I did that, and I was like, oh, you know, Destiny can be fun here and there. And then as soon as I got back to the tower, I kind of remembered just how numbingly boring it is to sit there and be like, okay, what am I going to do to try and get my light level up? And what do I going to do here? And since I don't want to spend $35 on a season for a game that was kind of trying to be free-to-play and also kind of trying to tell you that you don't have to have every season, but then also has weeklies and dailies and stuff tied to things that have to be in the season. It's almost like really to play the game as you should. You can't really skip the season, so you kind of do have to buy every season. You don't have to, yeah. but if you want to play the game competently and be able to improve competently, then you're going to have to. So in that sense, it's kind of weird. It puts you in a weird spot.
1: Yeah, it's I still don't understand how that works exactly. Like I don't understand like what 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 they want you to do for um that like I don't know I don't understand if you're supposed to be able to like get the season and one done but like some stuff's locked behind, I don't know.
0: Well, it's weird cuz it gave me the option to buy just this season for $10. And that gets weird because this season is included in the $35 full on um what's it called? The, uh, the season pass? Well the it's technically not a season pass, so it kinda is. What's Shadow Keep? There you go. Uh if you buy Shadow Keep, you get this season as part of it. But the problem is is if I buy the ten dollar season, decide I like the rest of the game, or I buy the ten dollar season and it doesn't still unlock dailies and stuff for me, then I still have to go spend thirty five dollars on top of the ten when the thirty five would have included the ten originally. So it's like now I'm gonna be paying forty five dollars just to get all the content. Yeah. So it it put me in a weird spot where I'm just kind of not wanting to handle uh or not wanting to spend that money i i know and i'm not even blaming the game for doing it. i know it's trying to make money but i think part of the problem of this is is that when you're a lapsed player and trying to figure out if coming back is worth your time it's overwhelming it's really hard to do without just spending the money but then you have that fear thing of like do i spend 35 dollars that i may regret yeah, and and I may never play this game again. You never that's know, that's true. That's yeah. You and you if may... I spend the 30, $35 on it and don't like it, I may have just spent thirty five dollars on something I never get the money's worth out of.
1: Yeah, I um, could see that. And
0: since refunds are the way they are on PlayStation, I can't buy it, play an hour of it, and go. You know what? I really just didn't want this. Yeah. So you you're left with very little. Uh, you stuck. Recourse. So you know it it has kind of pushed me off of that. Um, I played some other stuff this week. Uh, I played some Sea of Thieves. Um. Which by myself actually just to have some fun and go through and do it. Uh, the forest has been really fun. I've been playing more Vita stuff as well. Bought a bunch of Vita games. Uh, bought some stuff on the uh, sale in general. I bought the Frozen Wilds and intend to finally get around to playing that
1: for five dollars too.
0: For five bucks, yep. So that's good. I mean, it's good that I still have the original um, Horizon because I think that the, it's not a standalone DLC. I think you have to have the original game to play it. Mm. Unfortunately, I do kind of love the idea of standalone DLC because if I get if I get rid of the game. It doesn't matter. It's, it kind of lets you just play it. But I think the reason is is unlike uh, Second Sun and First Light, where they're kind of completely separated things. Yeah. Uh, I think the problem is like you go and do the Frozen Wild stuff just in the world of Horizon. Like you're just playing and you just go over this new area now. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's what it is. I plan on playing that. I bought Chasm finally and decided to give it a try because I remember it back from PSX and really loved it. Uh, and it's a cross-buy game, so I have it on both. PlayStation 4 and Vita, though I will definitely,
1: definitely be playing it. And that was um, all on sale for $10, too. So yep. you got it in two different locations for $10. And I didn't
0: buy any of this. I have rewards points from Sony, so yeah. I just spent a $50 rewards gift card on all this stuff. I'm and saving
1: up all my reward points for the new consoles.
0: Me too. But I still have enough even after spending that $50 if it's $600, which I don't even think it'll be.
1: I haven't had a uh, so. chance to I do with my exact calculations because the credit card I'll be using has kind of a reward point system. Mm-hmm. But I think I have enough to get both. And if I don't, I'm not far away.
0: Yeah, and ours are different. So, yeah. You know, I'm using actual Sony rewards. You're just using general credit card rewards. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, but yeah, I plan on getting back and uh, playing The Forest very soon I wish, I kind of am dreading playing Destiny 2 To get this platinum tonight Only in the sense of like If I get to playing it and I'm not even having fun I'm going to be upset that I didn't just play the forest instead
1: Yeah like <laughs> I don't like the Leviathan Prestige at all I, I wish that Any
0: other raid Had a Prestige mode It really bums me that it doesn't I would be actually totally down with doing Crown of Sorrows
1: I don't like, I don't like Crown of Sorrows either
0: I mean, at this point, you probably don't like any of them because you've done all of them way more than me.
1: I like Last Wish still. I like Last Wish, <laughs> like, uh, Last Wish Last and Wish uh, good, yeah. Scourge of the Past I've done multiple Scourge times. of the Past is also good. And those are both fun. Yeah. I just I'd never liked Prestige. I didn't like Leviathan to begin with. That's not a good rate in my opinion.
0: I liked Leviathan when it first hit, but the Prestige thing would always make me... I, was like, I know that they're trying to make it hard, but they made it hard in a way that's, that fails on their side mechanically because you remember that one time that we kept doing it including me without doing anything it would spawn you into the uh, the shadow realm as i call it from the throne room when you're doing the bursting the bubbles so that the people can see the symbol on the head of chaos. Yeah. okay so do you remember in the prestige raid whenever you're going through uh the people who are who are in the throne room and doing that and hitting the bubbles they rotate people from the shadow realm in the throne room in and out Right. Which is not the way the normal raid goes. The problem with that, it'd be absolutely fine. It'd still be more difficult and be random. But the problem with it is that the person that teleports into the throne room starts at the front of the, or the, the shadow uh, realm, rather, starts at the front of the shadow realm, and it has to slide down to this small barrier. And every time you do the way the barrier is made, instead of it being a hard wall, it's almost like a ramp. If you hit yeah, it going too fast, it just flies off. And there's no way to slow yourself down. Right. There's no way to control it. So it just ends up feeling like it's hard because of bad game design. We almost I would have had the Platinum a year ago if it wouldn't have been for that. Everybody who'd get teleported in the Shadow Realm, at least one of us, would get thrown over the rail, which makes it pretty much impossible to finish that round, that the, the, the Throne Room section, and get to the damage phase. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, game-wise that I'm doing. Destiny's the most not-cool one, but... If I finally get the Platinum, I very well may never play that game again. I genuinely don't know. Uh, If I do play it again, it'll be a PS5 whenever we finally have 60 frames per second.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, That's that's what I'm really looking forward to. Or cross-play. One of the two.
0: Because if I can use my character on PC, cross-save I know is there right now, but that doesn't mean I can play with my friends on console. So it's still pointless. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to play Destiny by myself. I want to play with people. But going on from there, we'll go ahead and move over into the community's take, which is a little bit uh, delayed. So if you remember, we were talking about, on the last time we recorded, about divisive games for the generation. Um, And we decided to extend that out to you and say, what is the most divisive game of this generation, in your opinion? Which means there can be no wrong answer. And I'm really interested to see what some of these are. So over on Facebook, uh, Ken Nate says, Fortnite. I don't necessarily think he's wrong. I know that sounds weird. Clearly, Fortnite is the
1: biggest game of this generation, essentially. Honestly, I'm actually um, in agreement to that because it goes from so many people loving it to so many people hating it. I think just mainly due to oversaturation with it. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and it hits that thing where I call it the Nickelback of the of the generation because no. the reason I say that is it's a thing where clearly it, it, it's a very popular game and they make tons of money doing it and they have tons of players. Yet, almost everybody you talk to says Fortnite sucks. So it's like clearly there's people that are lying to themselves and only saying they don't like Fortnite because it's cool not to like something that's popular uh, when clearly they probably play Fortnite and just don't want people to know it. <laughs> yeah, and
1: like... My biggest thing with it was, like, it was good when it first came out, but then people started... It became a crafting competition, mm-hmm. and I don't like that about that game. Um, I feel like it makes every encounter the exact same. There was never any variety to that game when it, after everybody was doing that.
0: I, I mean, having been, been somebody who literally has not played the game at all... I I just don't have interest in it. I'm not hating. I just don't have interest in it. I'm not a big battle royale person in general. I played Apex twice. I played Call of Duty Black Ops. What is it? Blackout mode or whatever. The beta once. Didn't really care for it or love it. Um, I, I think that's the only ones I've played. I've not played PUBG. But when I looked at it from outside looking in, Fortnite's interesting thing over PUBG at the time was the crafting element. But I think that, I do think you're right. When I watch people playing it, like when it was really big and we went to PSX and they had the Fortnite tournament, everyone was employing the exact same strategy. And everybody was kind of doing the exact same thing. If you look on the thing, it's just who can build a tower and just keep firing random shots until somebody gets lucky enough to hit. Yeah. And it it, it made it be really interesting to then go to kind of like, oh, every game you're going to see the exact same kind of ending. Which I don't know if that's you know I don't play Warzone. Warzone clearly is another battle royale. I don't know how often that is as a trope in that style in that genre. Anyway,
1: I deleted Warzone just off the principle that a game shouldn't take up that much space. Isn't it like two hundred and something? It weeks? was. It was getting there. Um, and it, it's like no matter what that that game overheated my PS4. Like uh, if you press the home button while we're running that game in Warzone, it probably took twenty seconds to go home. Oh wow! Yeah, um, uh, that game's not really well that well optimized at a system level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at least on my system, I know that that's kind of a thing to say that you can that everybody will have different uh, things with. But yeah, for for me that it wasn't done very well on mine at all. Yeah. Um, but my thing is is that for me, it was kind of cool because. Um, You could respawn. I think they took that away, but the fact that you could respawn in solos if you had enough money up until like the last top ten was pretty cool. Um, You
0: think they took that away?
1: I think they did. I think I was talking to somebody about it for a while there, and they were like, oh, well, um, they took that out. Now you, you can't do it at all or something like that. I can't remember who said that.
0: Not only did I think that that was an interesting aspect... I kind of thought it was a cool way to let you come back into the game. Like it, it made it unique that you come back, but I th- I thought it was a cool way to kind of make the game feel even more unique because the way you came back was different. It wasn't like oh you literally just respawn. It's like oh you respawn in a very specific situation where you've got to fight your way out from the way it was explained to me. And maybe I that's
1: the gulag. That's uh yes. that's the normal thing. I think that's how it is in solos now. Like where it. it Maybe, I, maybe I'm misremembering what was told to me, but I think Eric told me that you no longer can pay or have enough money to just respawn, because the way that respawn worked is you just start parachuting down again, oh. and now you have to go fight for the gulag in Solo.
0: See, I think that that's more interesting, personally, because it still lets you come back, but you have to earn your way to come back, it's, because it's you're in the gulag with everybody else, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a cool uh, idea. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if another game has done that in that genre, just because I, I just don't keep up with it that way but you know
1: on a discord one of our good buddies and patrons swanland he says i can't call the last of us Two uh decisive because most of the hate comes from bigoted hate mongers whose opinions don't count worth a damn now that's in response to josh uh one of our other good buddies and patrons who says i think it has to be the last of us Two. there really hasn't been anything so decisive like no man's sky was decisive but it wasn't some divisive divisive yeah uh, but it wasn't some people saying uh, ten and others were abusing creators. It's fine, but flawed. And the idiots abusing people, The Last of Us. Uh, and maybe it's just a vocal minority, but it always seems more disgusting than normal. Now, I'll say this. like There is definitely a hate group for that game that is doing it just because they like hating things. Mm-hmm. And then there's definitely criticism. I don't know if I agree with... Well, Swanland does say, does say most of the hate comes from bigoted hate mongers.
0: Um, yeah, I do think, and, most I, and of I've the seen hate. it. I've seen clear discourse between people that do not like the game at all, but are not doing it in a disgusting manner, Me? which is really a
1: yeah. No, M- I well, mean, my, my views on the story of that game. And, fair, and I haven't, haven't played it. 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 Yeah, yeah, I haven't played it, and I'm waiting to play it, um, just because I have other things on the table, and I'm, I'm actually much more excited to hop into Ghost than anything else this year, mm-hmm. other than Cyberpunk. But um speaking in first party um but my thing is is that I don't agree with the the way the story is handled but it's not my place to or it's not really anything at all but an opinion because it's not my story to want to control yeah. so it's like I'm just now going to wait on it like it's it's not like it it's something I need to play this second because I know where the story is going if it was something that would have felt more impactful to me then yeah I would probably would have played it and it still may end up being impactful to me but at the same time, I, I've i talked with other people, like Brennan, who mm-hmm. have, who have beaten the game, and his opinion swayed a little bit more when he beat the game, when yeah. he was actually, he thought back on it. And then, but it, it's always, and I think this is why it's good that it's, that, it, or not why it's good, but I think this is how you can say a game is good, because no matter what, it still uh, supports discussion days and days after you beat it. And I think that's a merit to show us that the game is good. Um And it's kind of,
0: it it rides on that slightly pretentious to say, but it it is true. It's just something that you hear often enough that in, in a different way that it kind of makes it sound pretentious. But if you really do look at gaming in a hyper level like this, where it's not focused on being, I mean, the game is mechanically fun, but a lot of the focus on where this game is good. It's funny how much of the discussion's around the story and they're looking at it as an artistic story. So I always go back to that good art should breed a lot of discussion even between people who actually don't like it good art is supposed to kind of there's create one that.
1: F- major flaw with your statement there is because art being subjective yeah can't be good or bad it's only good or bad to you what i should say is
0: that uh, art when they say that art, I, I, I view art. it as what they mean is uh good art being art that it achieves the goal that it's out to do is that what art should do to someone, whether or not they perceive it as good or bad, good art from a from a perspective of what it's achieving should be that it achieves conversation still, amongst the people. Because, I I'll still say think that. that's
1: subjective, though, at the end of oh, the day. I
0: mean, I guess you're right in, in the long run. But what I mean is that there are plenty of stories that are not bad, but they're also not great. And the problem is, is that kind of right after you experience them or even things that are more... Artsy in the way that they choose to portray their things. Once they're done, even if they were good or bad to you, uh, but not enough to really make you care, or talk about it, then that art didn't do much because it didn't stir anything inside of you. Whether art, in terms of what it should do from a end goal, should stir something in you to either to either want to express a lot of your love or hate or mixed feelings within it. Yeah, well, I, and, and I yeah, think that but, that's art. That, I mean, you're right. It, it is still, at the end of the day, always going to be subjective. But I do think the best examples of any kind of art, be it paintings, be it songs, be it movies, are things that kind of make you think about it, no matter how you felt about it, days and days later, and have discussions right. that are natural days and days, sometimes months later.
1: Yeah, and that's I think that's that's why I loved Near so Mm -hmm. much is because it's, it's one of those that like, I got done with it and I'm like, okay, let me go look at every message board I can find. Let me go look at every YouTube video I can find. And I was still talking about it weeks later. And, um, me and Brennan were talking about the last of us too. And we were kind of breaking down some story beats in the game. And he seemed like as a whole package, it's to him, it seemed like as a whole package, it was great. But then when you start looking at it, And certain parts of the package for him, he was like, yeah, I kind of wish that didn't happen that way or stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that actually lends to more of like it's divisive for him because he it's good. But then there's parts of it that he 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 would have preferred to go in a different direction. Not that he dislikes that it didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like it gives you your own inner monologue. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting too. Um, Okay. Let's look at some more over here over back on Facebook. And remember, if you want to be part of the community stake, you can join our Facebook group, which is triangle square to PlayStation podcast. We'd love to have you there. Uh, If you like Twitter, you can always go find us over at triangle S Q R D, or you can go over and join our discord, which we always have linked below. And we have a dedicated, uh, discussion section for it uh, over on Facebook though. Uh, Josh Shoop says gonna go with No Man's Sky in all my 35 years of being a gamer I've never seen a game have the overall success story it has made for itself from major hyped game for many myself included to sheer disgust from nearly everyone and now a great game that many people continue to fall in love with major kudos to Hello Games from turning a turd sandwich into a p- delicious piece of birthday cake with Superman ice cream uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the Superman ice cream part
1: but that's Okay. I will say that um, I've re- I think I've recommended on the show before. If you are interested in No Man's Sky at all, and I mean that from a you want to play it, you might want to play it, you might want to buy it. This is kind of an interesting story. Let me go see what's behind it. Anything about that game, or if you're just interested in a comedic breakdown, mini documentary style of this game and the and, and Sean and everything about the development go watch a video made by a youtuber named Internet Historian. He did a video called No Woman's Land or no, Yes Woman's Land. It's like an exact opposite of No Man's Sky, and I think the point of that title is because it's people feel that that game the exact opposite that they do now of why it, when it released because it's so highly praised and it goes into this whole entire thing about Like, this game's crap, this game's crap, but then the video starts shifting and it's like, you really get to see what Sean did in that development process after it came out of like, right, guys, like for example, he, he starts to route all the complaints of that game, he has all of his employees go block out complaints and everything from that game and has them all routed to him instead. All customer service inquiries, instead of going to all of them, they go to only him. So then he goes through and he starts structuring things about like that sounds cool we're going to have to check mark this off and add that we got to add multiplayer check that off we got to add that and it shows you how to go through and do it internet historian is also a hilarious youtuber who like throws thousands and thousands and thousands of like little micro memes into everything and um it, it's really enjoyable
0: yeah yeah no that, that that's i I've ne- I remember you telling me about it, but I remember I haven't watched it yet. You got it. So I have it pulled it. It's up like, right it's here. It's like
1: 40 minutes long. Yeah,
0: 8.6 million views. Yes. And Old it's called man. it's called Yes Woman's Land. <laughs> actually, it's called the in good way well, of No Man's Sky, but the the, the th- thumbnail, is, thumbnail yeah, says Yes, yes Woman's, Woman's Land. Land. <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh,
0: all right, so a couple more, and actually, there's some really interesting ones here. So over on Discord, Mister True, one of our newer patrons, thank you, sir. He says yes, sir. a little late here, but I feel like Final Fantasy VII remake was a de- a very divisive game this generation. Not necessarily the most divisive, but from the reactions of my friends, it really split us. I really Really enjoyed the game and how it made a point to retell the story of the original, the original, but become its own thing and not be held back by the original. But I've had a bunch of conversations with friend who didn't like it because of that. They wanted a one-for-one remake, and some of them compared it to Kingdom Hearts level complexity toward the end. And as Kingdom Hearts die-hard fan, I agree, but love it for that. Also, I agree with that. <laughs> though I don't think it's, I don't think it's Kingdom Hearts level complexity. Even not though, yet. Uh, yeah, not yet. Yeah, not yet, not yet, and it's it, getting there, and it may go. there. And I don't want it to veer there. Yeah, it may go there. I think right now, if you wanted to compare it to any Kingdom Hearts in terms of complexity, you could compare it to the ending of Kingdom Hearts one,
1: or 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 of or of all of two, because two is not exactly where two, the deep two is where one a lot two, of it
0: jumped in. But you're, you're still right. It was one not and two, yeah,
1: one and two is the before the deep dive. Yeah. Uh, so literally, anyway. Yeah, uh, he
0: says I saw people online complaining about the combat going away from turn-based, but I loved how they created a combat system. That felt like a modern interpretation of turn based combat uh that's all I had to say, but I actually agree with that I love the uh, I love the turn based style and I loved how it let you kind of flow between them in a way that didn't feel stilted or wrong it I sounds weird I wouldn't hate even though I know it won't happen and I don't want it to just for the games to be able to keep their own things I kind of would like this and however Kingdom Hearts decides to move forward is just choosing to give you something that is a little bit more like finer control because that's what I always wanted for whenever I'd go to that turn-based combat. It's like, I want fine control of what I'm about to do. Let me hit this and let me absolutely go through and choose what I want to do. Plus I like the idea I've not really been a huge fan of MP in Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, I didn't like MP System in 2 nearly as much as MP System in 1. I think I'm in the minority you on that. You are definitely uh, in the minority on that. Because I hated that you had to regain your whole bar before you could use it. I absolutely loved the first one. I game. liked
1: it because they actually kind of buffed things. So, like, Fire and Farago were actually kind of strong. Yeah. So that you uh, didn't spam it.
0: Well, see, and I like, complete, I, I like the complete redirect of MP in Birth by Sleep. And even in, in, I liked the I liked, card system because now it's very similar to how Kingdom Hearts two handled it. But you have multiple bars that are constantly reloading.
1: Yeah, I like. I, I think Birth by Sleep is the game that did everything about the combat right the most. Yes. I, I
0: agree. I really love the way that game handled. Uh, but yeah, this is. I, I get where you're saying it is an interesting take because I do. I think that clearly the success it had from a sales standpoint. Is uh, strong, So yeah, I think you're right. Maybe not the, not the most divisive, maybe, but it's very divisive. Uh, I do know a couple people who also have that sentiment of wanting it to have been a one-to-one remake. Uh, and Rude Cold also mirrors that sentiment and says, I look at Final Fantasy VII Remake as an actual sequel to Final Fantasy VII rather than an actual remake, which I find really interesting. I do
1: too for now until, the, until we see the story go somewhere else. I think it. I think it's like a remake in alternate world, or it's a sequel in alternate world. And honestly, that's where my brain
0: has it right now is it's not even so much a remake as it's like this st- story in a slightly different setup uh, and different, you know, w- a timeline where one butterfly flap can change everything. But yeah, we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, let's see. Going to grab a couple of more here. I know we got more over on Facebook. Uh, this one's really interesting. So Chris uh, Figs, my buddy who does the weekly uh, podcast with us, midweek matinee. He says, I got a hot take middle earth shadow of war. It's the game that started the absolute railing on microtransactions, specifically loot boxes, especially in single-player games. We're not talking about that game anymore, but the conversation that game started will last forever. Boring answer is Fortnite, the game of the generation. Um, so, of course, Shadow of War really isn't talked about much anymore. More and the hate that it got kind of quickly subsided uh, once it. Well, I'm not gonna say quickly, but once it subsided, it was kind of just done and well, they fixed really been it, didn't they?
1: Up. They did do some things to fix it. In like the long run, didn't they make the experience system actually have you gain experience? Oh, I think so. I don't like, want to or, speak completely well, out so. of turn,
0: but I remember hearing things about it going more toward that. That being said, I played that entire game. Enjoyed it. I, was, I mean, I really I liked it. I didn't love it as much as the first because the ending kind of just felt like a weird spot to end, but I know that they couldn't do much more because they don't want to. Since they want this game to be considered canon, and right now they're allowed to call it canon, they can't overdo anything. Uh, though I may have even preferred the game to just say, this is an alternate story that just is like a...
1: I don't like it being canon. I think that that's really a weak story for the Lord it, of the Rings is. It's weird because, I, it, yeah, it's like... Because Granted, I've not played the to, second one. I, I'm not speaking for the second one. I'm speaking of the first one.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. the, well, first the second one, one the, way, the way it ends is interesting but it just doesn't go as far as I would have liked. I don't want to say more than that in case you ever do decide to randomly play it when it's on sale for super cheap. Maybe, yeah. It'll be super uh, cheap. I love the
1: first one. Yeah. I don't no. think I ever beat it on PS4. I beat it on Xbox. Second game looks
0: beautiful, plays really well. I mean, that's, I'll, I'll tell you that much. But I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree that it's the game that necessarily started the railing on microtransactions, but it was probably the one that brought it to the biggest spearhead in single-player games. Shadow so of you're War of pro- you're Walt, right.
1: so Assassin's Creed Odyssey could run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey is actually a far worse m- m- example of overuse of <laughs> microtransactions in a single-player game. I I don't know that I'm in the minority in that. Clearly, once we started seeing people talk about Valhalla and not wanting it to feel like Odyssey did, I, I was really surprised to see a lot of those voices come up. Because for a long time, I thought I was one of the weird people that just thought that that game was way too much and kind of forced it on you.
1: I've seen a lot of opinions of that game go from that opinion there to, well, the world is so expansive that I actually enjoy doing the side quest. And I'm like, yeah, but it shouldn't make. You do the side quest if you don't enjoy to do them. Like you, you it may work for you, but it doesn't work for everybody. And that's a flaw.
0: Yeah. Either way, it, it is an interesting answer. Uh, so, The Last of Us Two was clearly brought up a couple of times. Uh, let's see. Twitter was the only place that I don't think we pulled from yet. So I'm going to grab a couple from there. This one's interesting. He doesn't go to say much alongside it, but No Fate says Resident Evil Three remake. That yeah, there I, was I, a lot of
1: there was yeah discourse about that mainly because of it being really 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 short. Yeah. Um now that's the complaints I've seen. I don't know if those complaints hold any water. Um I've not played the game. So
0: this one's interesting. Michael Miller over on uh Twitter says a lot uh, uh Death Stranding, a lot of hate that The Last of Us is getting is so toxic
1: and a lot of it is just internet trolls.
0: So I'll so say he's I'll, using it as The Last of Us Two is like a flash in the bottle where Death Stranding was a longer discussion.
1: Yeah, I'll say that Death Stranding is one of my favorite games of the generation. Right off the bat. I also agree. Very that, good. That game I will say though was like nine out of ten for me.
0: Clearly, it was divisive because day Absolutely. one you had this is just a UPS simulator.
1: See, and I think honestly, I think that if you're like there are games that you that you could criticize without having played mm-hmm. for certain things. That game you can't criticize it calling it a walking simulator. To you actually play it because I don't think people realize that that's where the actual controlling of 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 the character is where that comes into play. Um. Like, Firewatch, I could see people criticizing because that's a walking simulator. I'm like, that doesn't do anything different. It it is just normally walking around holding the stick forward. But Death Stranding is like hands-on, attention at detail all times. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I don't necessarily think that Walking Simulator
0: needs to be the pejorative that it is. That kind of bums me out because I actually like a lot of them. I mean, if you really think about it, that Blackwood Crossing game I played, not that long yeah. that is Minor a Walking Simulator or, if you yeah. really want to go toward it. But those are things that are meant to lean on the upside of what gaming can do, definitely interactive stuff, which we see Netflix doing a little bit with of with like a Black Mirror Bandersnatch and stuff where it's like, here's a story... But it's letting you have, uh, you know, actual agency and where you choose. Not like Banner Snatch. Snatch is not the best example of
1: it. No, I know. But just I'm saying, just saying, yeah. it was
0: interesting that Netflix is moving into it in in traditional film in a way that kind of, it's, to be fair, it's not like it's completely unheard of. I don't know if you've ever played it, but have you ever played Dragon Slayer, old arcade game? Uh, you and it's weird because, of course, it was an arcade game. I know you've seen it. It's a um, i think i think so okay uh i played it for the first time when it came to dvd yes you could play it with a dvd yes remote.
1: i have played this i was like i'm trying to think is this the cartoon yeah it's like it's like a video game but a yes. cartoon. it's terrible so originally i mean it's it's
0: moderately fun it's I, didn't, hard. I didn't pay anything for it's it. hard it's hard yeah it's very hard uh but the, when it came to dvd it's just inputs are you changing so it's the same thing how the game works out depends on how you're actually what choices you make uh and that's cool and that's what the original was when it was in the uh, what is arcade. That? Apparently, I, I, that's like new a new mod one. for Skyrim.
1: No, it's a new game that's in 4K. Oh, it's Dol- it's Dragon's Lair made a version of Dragon's Lair, and it's 3D. Return to the Lair. And it's a GameCube game. I didn't know that. And that's the, this is a Dolphin emulation that can run in 4K. I did not know that either. Interesting. All right, couple more though. Uh, we're
0: gonna close off on these. We got Mr. Dennis, Kevin Bacon bits, one of our uh, new patrons. He
1: says, "Before
0: the Last of Us Part Two, I would have said Red Dead Redemption Two, but with everything going on, the Last
1: of Us Part Two, I would sway more I toward that." I don't know if I would really consider Red Dead Two re- divisive. A- a- divisive, divisive, divisive. <laughs> I think you could say it either yeah, way. Yeah, you could say it either way. Divisive. Um Maybe it's just I'm not in a conversation circle to see people I hating would, on that game in droves. Yeah,
0: Dennis, I'd be really interested for you to expound on that. I'm not, I mean, that's what I there's no wrong answer here, but I wonder what experience you've had with the game or what experience you've had surrounding the game on like internet discourse that makes you feel that way. Um, I know that it had a little bit of detractors, but I, I, mean, even me being one of them, in a very different sense, I, mean, I went into it not loving the way that Rockstar's games play, but really enjoying the story in the long run. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about that one. So, okay. Well, thank you everyone. Uh, oh, yeah. this one, I'm, this is the last one. Cause it's interesting. Not really a game, so to speak, but more of how a lot of players think PSVR or VR in general is just a fad and not here for the long run. So he's kind of using VR as a whole, as a divisive situation throughout the generation, which I do think
1: is true. So I don't think VR was ever a fad, In this in this generation, I think it's just more of a niche, and I don't I don't see it going above a niche because like it's still to this day being played, but we don't we still don't really see it heavily advertised. Mm -hmm. We don't see uh, it heavily being streamed in most places, unless it's like Beat Saber or VR Chat, and VR Chat hasn't been streamed to to numerous quantities since like 2018. Yeah, so. And that that's just because that was like a meme streamer game, like that yeah. was kind of a thing that people did on stream for fun. But Beat Saber, I would say, is is like actually one of the top tier VR games that yeah. still to this day get a lot of love. But I think it will forever remain a niche, just because of what it is. Just I like think JRPGs will forever remain kind of a niche. That's it's kind of it, clearly
0: was Final Fantasy VII that sold millions
1: upon exactly. millions. Exactly, but um, well, I'm talking about like hardcore JRPGs like. Um, like the Atari series. Yeah, and... I mean I get what you're saying. Now, I'd say that VR as a whole, I
0: don't think it's going to become uh in in the current generation. Yeah, there's clearly no way it's going to rise above a niche where we are right now. I think that as more headsets get wire get not only just better, but also wireless while also being even cheaper and getting to a price, I do think that there's a point for where these can They're not come getting in. cheaper though. <laughs> oh, I know, because the first the thing is the first thing that people want is to go wireless. To go wireless right now is a lot more expensive. Yeah. So as they so as the headsets get better, more people are gonna slowly get into it. As they get wireless uh, at a a slightly better price, more people will get into it. And when you get it on consoles wireless, like a PlayStation one where it's easier for people to get into, bam, you have that. I think if you have more VR that's like Oculus Quest where it's a standalone and it's wireless and lets you do everything from the headset itself, again, you get more people buying that as long as it gets better. I just think that we're probably still another full generation away from it being at a price and at a level of functionality that most people would be able to not only afford it but be interested in it
1: yeah i just looked up but up it's, to it's see, still impossible to tell i just looked up to see if the oculus quest was any cheaper it's still the exact same price yeah and it's four hundred and five hundred
0: yeah depending on if you get it with the bundle or not
1: uh no it's just two different um sizes the oh. bundle is sold separately and that comes with like um it comes with i think a case a glasses thing mm-hmm. um something else yeah huh. Now that actually comes the frame friendly spacer comes with it. Uh, the I couldn't only.
0: remember if it came with controllers because the Quest has got the hand tracking.
1: Yeah, yeah but it, I think it came after launch, it so originally with, it had controllers. It yeah. comes with two pairs of controllers uh, or a pair of controllers. Yeah. I don't know though what the uh, what the uh, accessories were.
0: All right, well, thanks for chiming in with the Community Stake, and I know it took two weeks to get there, but we appreciate you guys. Uh, if you have any more, I still am interested in hearing where you are, but like I said, uh, Dennis, reach back out to me. I'm curious as to why you feel that way about Red Dead 2. Uh, you may have an argument that makes me make remember, but right now I'm just not remembering. I was really surprised that no one brought up the order. <laughs> And if anything, it, it probably goes to show that game wasn't as big as I mean, it clearly was a divisive moment. It was devi- It was but, a divisive moment. But since it never, I think part of No Man's Sky coming up is that people can still talk about No Man's Sky, so it stays in your memory that at one point in time it was bad and or at least divisive. I, I don't ever think it was actually bad. I just think it was divisive. Uh, but clearly, it's
1: better now. And clearly, it's less divisive now because they continue to push on it. The game itself's not bad. The game itself, just when it launched, it was launched badly. Like
0: I think the closest way you could get to the order making sense for something like No Man's Sky or something that's continued to update itself would be if the order ever actually did get a sequel that was really great. Then you'd remember more. It's like you have this great game, but you remember how divisive and now, the order one was? Now with Facebook buying
1: them out, we probably will not ever see that, yeah. which is sad.
0: We'll see what happens. Uh, probably not going
1: to happen. Just, just kill your hopes. Stab it in the chest. Listen, I will never.
0: I will never. Now, I, honestly, in about three years, if it hasn't happened, not even three years, Two years into the PS5, if it's not there as a PS5 game, then it means it was never meant to be, it was never gonna be made. I Don't even still... give it
1: two years, give it like a year. Never. It'll be a launch it'll be a launch window game if anything. We'll see. Two years ain't launch window. We'll see. All
0: right, uh gonna go ahead and go over Oh actually before we go into the news, we're gonna answer a question from uh, one of our patrons, Mr. Sean One Neo and this goes back to something that people probably have already seen a ton of. Uh, going back months now, AT&T has been talking about selling off their WB gaming division. Uh, now, one of the things that people seem to have a little bit of a confusion around about is whether or not the buy of the WB gaming studios and the gaming division also includes all of the IP that WB goes into. I'm here to tell you, the, the purchase in and of itself does not include that. If a person comes to buy it and says, we'll give you this much money. If you also include a deal for us to be able to use your licenses, maybe for eternity or maybe for a couple of years, you might see a small limited window of that. Um, but even then it's unlikely. And even then they probably wouldn't become exclusives. They would probably still say third party because that's where their money lies. Though clearly we saw Spider-Man be an exclusive and do very well. Uh, With that said, though, uh, he mentions, he says, With rumors circling last week of Microsoft potentially acquiring WB Games, is there a particular game, franchise, or studio you fear losing due to an exclusivity deal for Microsoft or Xbox? Uh, No. You got one? Not a single one.
1: Okay. Not Mortal Kombat, not Shadow. Well,
0: and I think he's saying in general, like because of the question of this bringing up, is even outside of WB Games, is there any studio or IP that you'd fear? Now, I, he probably does mean in this particular situation.
1: Uh, that's that's why that's the context of the question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, like even then, it's I'm one of those that's going to have access to all exclusives, so I don't care. So you don't care? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I really don't care. Um, I think
0: for me. Uh, if if within this within the actual thing here, I do uh, I do kind of fear losing Rocksteady because I think Rocksteady are a great studio and I actually think they've not quite hit their best game potential yet. And I've been really curious to see what they have coming.
1: I think they did when they released Arkham City.
0: Uh, I don't get me wrong, Arkham City to me is their best game so far. Yeah, uh, but I I still think they have more in them. But it's been so long I, and so stewing that It's hard. I would,
1: I would think that, but then Arkham Knight came out. And that's a that's a very very obvious dip in quality yeah. of that game like you take arkham city compared to arkham knight you have the all of the freaking tank missions which were annoying you actually had some standout bugs on console and even worse on pc yeah uh, unplayable pc was really on PC. bad yeah. yeah um i just i feel like they they hit their they hit their best game possible with Arkham City, and they started to decline in that because they they apexed up too high.
0: Well, see, my thing is is that we haven't seen them outside of Batman. That's why I'm I, no, I'm wrong. Do, would I want them to do another Batman, even with Arkham Knight. Yes, I enjoyed Arkham Knight. I, I, I view Arkham Knight as a misstep. It's still a good game, still fun. Yeah, but it's a misstep when you think about what came before it. Right uh, now, to me, I'm more interested, and then this would actually be a, a kind of a good thing. It would just suck that it would I wouldn't be able to play it on PlayStation, and if I love it, get a platinum. That's always like one of my one things. Um, But with it going to Xbox, I could still play it. I want to see, and this might be one of the ways that it happens, whoever ends up buying them, if they don't get the IP, the way for them to get away from making just another Batman game or maybe even just another DC hero game, which I'm kind of iffy on. I want to see them do something way outside the box. Give them something new to work on and see what they do. I mean, it's like looking at at Sucker Punch. They move from Sly Cooper to Infamous now to... Ghost
1: of Tsushima. Or Naughty Dog. These are very, 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 different games. They go from Jack and Daxter games. to Uncharted to Last of Us. Yeah. Now, Uncharted 2, kind of the, they're kind of a third-person action cinematic game. But then you have Jack and Daxter. Mm-hmm completely different kind of game.
0: Yeah. So I think when you let companies who have been working on one type of game for a long time, finally move outside of that and just do whatever they want, not tied to something that they've already been known for. Like I always lamented the fact that Crash Bandicoot doesn't stick around or didn't stick around with Naughty Dog just because I love all the Naughty Dog ones. But the thing is, is that I think Naughty Dog wanted to move on anyway. So when you're in that situation, even if Naughty Dog would have maybe made a Crash 4 it it might not have been that
1: good. See, my thing with that is, is that I would rather the the brand die with the owners, original owners, than mm-hmm. go to somebody else who's going to do the brand disservice. I actually agree with that. Uh, I'm about that a lot. That's <laughs> why I'm kind of curious. Like whenever um, uh, Ninja Theory got bought out by Microsoft, I'm I'm not really exactly worried about that because I'm going to play since it was uh, Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, it's like if it's bad, yeah. And I don't mean, like, it could be worse than the first game, but still be a good game, that'd be fine. But if yeah. it's actually a bad game, like, that should have just stayed with them. Like, they should have been bought out. Or, well, if, it's we'll a, or if it's works. a bad
0: sequel to that game, because it could be a good game, but a sequel that doesn't make any sense. It's kind of yeah, like what like I, I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what I talked about in not wanting the order to be handled by another studio, because I think the problem there is that the ideas that were being set up in the first game, and, and even the play style, and even... the it's that if you don't let the studio itself refine it further into what they were hoping for and given an idea for, you eventually lose the soul of the series. And I've, you've seen that happen with a ton of games where it moves to a new development studio and it just doesn't feel the same. Siphon uh, filter? Has there been a siphon filter made out that not by Sony Bend?
1: Yeah, what was the uh, PSP one called? Both of those were, were Sony Bend. Those were both great games. Was it wasn't Vita then. No, I'm thinking of when they made Unit 13. Oh, that Which was... Which is not Sony Ben.
0: No, that was... Uh, well, yeah, Sony that was
1: Socom Studio. Socom Zipper is Active. what I'm thinking Zipper Interactive. of. Yeah, not Siphon Filter. Socom. Kind of similar games.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, when Socom went to Slant 6. Yes. I actually loved Socom Confrontation. <laughs> but I will agree that it's not a Socom game in, think, in
1: heart. What was the, there was a really, really, really bad one on PSP.
0: On PSP. Uh, probably the one from Slant 6.
1: Um, Bravo Team... Something. I hate those army-style names on those games because i never remember them. Yeah. Uh, Fireteam Bravo. No, Tactical Strike. What I'm thinking, I'm thinking of. Is
0: it Slant 6 games? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was when Zipper Interactive were not making it for a while. Yeah. And then Zipper came back for SOCOM 4. And they, that didn't do well. And the, Unit 13, too, didn't they? And they did Unit 13 before they got shuttered. Yep. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Which
1: actually seemed like a, uh, a decent game from the demo but for it sure worked. i actually liked the game i mean it was
0: simple but it was good yeah uh definitely was... for an early show of third person shooter on the on the console yeah um, and I, it was done pretty impressively i think going back for me i mean yeah it's it's as far as overall like losing exclusivity due to someone buying something um i think the or even if i just want to go back to the studio i am a little bummed that it, it's it's a it's a mix i'm bummed to an extent that uh ninja theory got bought out by microsoft and i'd be bummed if they got bought out by playstation 2 and the reason i bring that up uh is because i feel like what they did with hellblade was really great and it was because it was a stu- a team being like hey we are still independent this is us putting every bit of energy that we have into this game and using the fact that we don't have as much budget to work with to come up with some really crazy unique techniques to still be able to make a game that looks triple a yeah. Despite the fact that we're having a team of maybe 14 or whatever it was, people working on it. I love that kind of ingenuity that you get from small teams that do not have backings. The great thing for them now is that they have a ton of money and budget because they have a backing studio and someone who's supporting them. That's cool, but I'm a little worried that Hellblade 2 won't be as good because it doesn't have the same mentality behind it of, let's make something truly unique that is going to be even more unique because of the weird techniques we're well, having to do.
1: we don't know that. We
0: don't. But I have a feeling that 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 sense of charm about it may be gone. Who knows? I hope
1: not. Yeah, like I, I'm to to just answer the general question broadly. I I am never really worried about exclusives at all. There are moments where I'm like, dang, I wish that was coming to Nintendo Switch instead or something yeah. like that. Just mainly because of portability. But yeah. for me, normally I just don't care. I'll just I I I am fortunate enough to be able to play them all on every thing that I want to play them all on and so I'm never ever worried about it Um, right. well thanks for the question
0: man thank you Sean going into the news, first thing up, some hackers have managed to find a built-in PS1 emulator inside the files for the medieval remake, showing that the remake runs on top of an original version of the game. This is very similar, if you, if you remember, to how the PS4 versions of all the PSP games they brought over, like Loco LocoRoco, Patapon, and actually the Parappa the Rapper that was not the PS1 version, but instead the PSP remake, uh, brought up with 4K textures. It was a very similar situation, where there was a built-in PSP emulator inside of them, and then all the changes that happened, happened on top of the original version of the game so texture changes that they wanted to pull in they just changed on t- from the original file and would do a replace uh having the game go and render in a native 4k was rerouting the uh graphics engine of the psp emulator to go through the ps4 so it could upscale and it makes you
1: wonder why more titles have been done like this
0: yeah because i mean of course my my go-to is this would be a great way to bring uh, crisis core to the ps4 is just do the PSP emulation, exact same game, but just let 4K. it render at a native 4K yeah. and, and slide in a couple of new, resolu- uh, uh, new Cut textures. Cutscene resolutions need to be Stuff redone. like that, yeah. yeah that would be the one change. overhaul. Yeah. But you could. Because clearly if Medieval, which doesn't look at all, literally at all, like the original game, the Medieval remake can run on top of an original version and because it's constantly just swapping out information from the original game yeah. to make sure it keeps that structure we know that you could do that with something and still and I mean the medieval remake looks fantastic. I wonder how long that took. I don't know. I, I think this may be the first ga- uh, game by that studio
1: the Other Ocean. Uh, it'd be and cool they seem to, 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 to see a good if job something on it, so else, yeah.
0: If they do anything else with PlayStation I wonder
1: if I wonder if it's like like say Bluepoint they took a control over like uh, six different IPs that were PlayStation 1 and 2 Classics and just did that to them. Mm. I wonder how long it would take them on each game. To be able to pull that off. Yeah, and if that would be something plausible Sony could actually market like PS Classics and then they launch with those. It'd be even
0: more cool if what they can do is, you know, you kind of talked about it before, but essentially build an engine, which is not far from what Microsoft has done with uh, the Xbox uh, Series, sorry, the Xbox One X back enhanced backwards compatibility, where it looks at games and says, okay, what we're going to do is render you this many times, and we have an algorithm that shows how to pull these things back together so that it can render in a native 4K. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the textures for the game are going to be in 4K, but it, but can, it does mean fly, render it. that if you had higher resolution textures, like there's a couple whenever i was playing crisis core on pc just to see what it looked like in 4k some of the textures were so high quality that when you brought the game up to a native 4k rendering they looked fantastic and it's like oh these look so squished on psp because the resolution was small. yeah uh, but other things because Which of makes that makes you wonder why they worse. why
1: they had those textures so high quality when it on a screen that small it wouldn't matter do you that was exactly what happened with and i think it's because you have a lot of
0: hope that you can get it to run the way you want it on a system. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, when Bluepoint first did the PS3 remaster, uh, most of, they didn't have to do most of the texture work at all because the original PS2 textures were way higher quality than what the PS2 could run.
1: Yeah, I could see that because that game was beautiful back then, despite being grainy, a Mm -hmm. little grainy, but um, it's, it honestly, for a game like that, it is not probably a hard game to run at all because of, and this is not a bad thing. This fits into the world, but how empty it is.
0: Yeah. No, they did a good thing of making it fit the story. There's a reason this is empty. Uh, But no, I would love to see that. If you got to where PS1 games, PSP games, and even if you wanted to, PS2 games like they've done with PS4 Classics, and just have it to where almost all games, all they'd have to do is essentially be run through the thing a couple times on Sony's back end to make sure it works pretty much flawlessly, then you just upload it to the store, and they have to do no extra work. All the work has been done on the front side of this emulator. And, and it's the emulator just saying, run the game, divert the... And it's actually something that they're trying to do on Vita right now. Uh, you can play Grand Theft Auto uh, Liberty City Stories or Vice City Stories, one of the two. The PSP version in the PS Vita's native resolution, which is over double. And the way that they did it on a single game basis, and they're trying to look and see if they can do it across the board, is to have the game reroute the graphics to so you're playing on an emulator on the PSP, right? Right. Because the, the Vita rather has an emulator for the PSP in it. And it's telling the game, we're gonna reroute your graphics for this particular game over to the Vita's actual graphic processor and, pro- and, and process, and then process it read
1: back out and send it out. So it's really interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like games will screenshot modes. Yes. Doesn't it you not you mean like photo mode? Photo mode, doesn't it not? cut off rendering for most of the game except in that very particular instance. depends on the game, but yeah. But does. see that's that's why I don't like a lot of photo uh, modes because it, it's kind of not real representation of the gameplay. It's uh, it's repetition of the game. It depends. I mean like Spider-Man definitely is, does that.
0: Yeah, you're doing what it's doing is freezing and then kind of using higher models for the photo for mode moves, that, which is cool. Yeah. I mean that's what you'd want. Did you have things like Ghost of Tsushima which like I don't you know how that one works. Oh, uh, whenever you go to photo mode the only things that st- that suddenly stand still is the characters. Uh, the world itself, the grass, wind, everything keeps moving. That's
1: actually kinda cool. Yeah. I really don't like cool. photo modes that much, but that's actually not bad.
0: Yeah, and you can also make uh, you can set up tracking shots so you can tell the camera to move to a couple places and it can you can make gifts
1: and stuff that way. That's pretty cool. Within it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Let's um, get on to this next dumb piece of news. Yeah. Platinum
0: Thanks. Games and Square Enix have come out to confirm that the long awaited and often silent Babylon's Fall is still coming and hope to share more with us as soon as they are ready. Uh, This reminds me of Biomutant, which we saw recently, uh, and how long of a wait we've had on it, where it was dead silent for a long time, and then they came with a really good reason and a huge showcase of showing you what you've been waiting for. And to me, at least, the Biomutant thing made it worth it for me. It's like, okay, they're, they're making the game even more than what they were originally intending to, probably because of how much good press they
1: got early on. This is one of those things that's like... Project Athia. Like you you showed this game two years ago. Yep. And we have not heard a single thing since.
0: Well do you well we no we we got a last year we got a trailer, a new trailer. Well no, it. I mean
1: we haven't heard a release date. Yeah. Do you we remember seeing gameplay? Do you remember the
0: 2019 release date it originally had whenever they first revealed it at the and it was a real weird reveal, but in twenty eighteen they revealed it and said twenty nineteen.
1: So they did what they did with Final Fantasy Fifteen? Yes. Where they were like, Here's your November date. Oh just kidding august or whatever it was or september and they're like hey guys we're gonna have to delay back to that november date they didn't do it as
0: bad as that oh boy that was bad but still clearly the game's being pushed out now i wonder why i wonder if it was because how much good press it got and people being excited for it they're like we got to make sure this
1: game is killer i don't trust square enix anymore with, i know it's with hard any form of it's hard dates. i don't care like if they show me a game i'm like yeah i'm not seeing that game for at least three years just get it out of my face i don't care
0: yeah because the best they've done this generation near automata surprisingly Nier automata was announced and was released within eighteen months. Now I don't think it was that long. It was really weird too because the game was barely even developed when they 18 first eighteen
1: months it. is also almost unacceptable for a length of time for me now. Well, but it
0: wasn't an announcement in the trailer. It was literally like, "Hey guys, we're we're making another Nier. That no, no,
1: any form of re- reviewing or revealing a game, a yeah. year, like I, I give, I, yeah. I have got to the point where now where you give one year. Do not I'm show not me a game I'm a one bad year bad. out from release. And
0: even then, my point still stands that it's the best Square Enix has done this year. Unless or this generation.
1: Unless the trailer is specifically for this title is now in development. That's then exactly like, what Nears was. Then I'm like, cool. Yeah. So yeah. but Nears if you show me a gameplay trailer, yeah. Or if you show me a trailer like Project Atheon you're like working title, I'm like, do not show me crap that you don't even know the name of the game yet. You can't even market this game yet properly. And, and you're showing me a trailer for it. Get it out of <laughs> yeah. my face. All right.
0: Next thing up, Ubisoft forward came and went as we were talking about and brought with it AC Valhalla gameplay. Finally. Uh, unless you're one of the people that looks at the little weird cuts that they did during the Xbox thing as gameplay would hey, good for you. Uh, but we also got to see reveal of some new projects such as far cry six as we, uh, as was leaked really ahead of time, uh, as well as re-revealing delayed games like watchdogs legion, uh, this is something, if you want to know what else was done, they showed a Battle Royale. I don't remember the name of the game. Uh, it was fine. It wasn't a really great showcase, but it was fine. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. But with us talking about the potential for Far Cry 6 to be a prequel to Far Cry 3, uh, which I don't necessarily know
1: that I believe yet. I think they may be doing some marketing ploy stuff. I'm telling you, like the second you're going to see a scar start to like get cut further back in the game, and you're like, oh, that's Voss. Well, because he has in the original,
0: he has this, which is what you can match into now. Then he has one on the left side yeah, that goes all the way back. back. So right now he doesn't have this. Well, what one, I'm saying but that's that's that what one. I
1: mean. He's going to get a definitive mark on him that you're like that's his scar.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see and find out. And I honestly think the way I've been describing it is, I think they're going to do it the way that Batman Arkham Knight did. And I won't reveal who it is, but in Arkham Knight for a long time for a 5-year-old game. They kept saying, yeah, I know, but game. whatever. they keep saying they kept saying, "Oh, we're creating a new character, a new character, and this is our own character in this DC world."
1: It was like, oh, "Okay."
0: And then as soon as this, I remember the first time they showed him, I was like, "Oh, I know who this is. I already
1: I've got it figured out." Everybody knows who the Red Hood already is. Yeah. And and everybody knows that 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 character is obviously who that is. Yeah. So
0: they were like, hey, we have our own original character. No, we don't. That, and that was a bummer. I but don't because like that
1: that's false marketing. Yeah, you're, you're trying to misdirect me there, and I'm like, no. You're I just- think
0: that that is what. I mean, technically, they were right. It was a new character because if they're going to call Nightwing a new character when he when Nightwing was originally Robin, then I guess technically. He would be a new character, but no. not in the sense that they made it sound like. If nothing else, uh, but I personally, and it's never going to happen. But I think about how, for a long time, for Call of Duty, I wouldn't like some of the games, but then I'd like some of the newer games because they played differently and they different styles. I would love for Ubisoft to start doing something with all of their franchises, because uh, you think about it happens even with Assassin's Creed, where a lot of people feel like the soul of the Assassin's Creed series has gone because since Origins, because they completely changed the game. Yeah. Um, It'd be great if moving forward they would do one Assassin's Creed game. So like this year, Valhalla, fine. Let it be like what it is. But the next Assassin's Creed game is more like an original where there are no levels, there's no RPG mechanics to it necessarily or a lot less, and you have an original game, that way you can appease that part well, of the game. Oh, they're fan not gonna base. do that though. They're not ever. No. I already know that. They
1: already have microtransactions in these games for no apparent reason. They're but <laughs> they're <gonna> keep that. <laughs> what I would really love is if for like Far Cry, for
0: instance, if this is gonna be a prequel to Far Cry three i would love if it played more like far cry 3 and then let far cry 7 be something that's more like 5 where it's we have levels and we have all these things the
1: problem with ubisoft is they're a very predictive company and i think that we are since we've already what i'm going to assume is what we've predicted right with this story mm-hmm. um until proven different uh i don't I, I don't think we'll ever see them do something like that
0: the reason i kind of even have a, the smallest smidgen of not even hope but potential for that to maybe come one day is do you remember uh, last year and even early this year when they were doing really bad, because everybody was essentially like,
1: all your games are exactly the same. Yeah. Okay, so... Every single game series and they make is the true. same game series in that game series.
0: Yeah, and, and not even... So even then, the problem is, like Far Cry, New Dawn, and it was interesting enough, but New Dawn brought on all the crap that they added into Assassin's Creed. Now we're going to do levels, now we're going to do health bars, we're going to do gear that has rarity levels. Wait, enemies had
1: uh, health bars in New Dawn? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. It
0: was weird. And then, no more the game was okay, but it didn't feel like... It felt even less like Far Cry. So when you start to do these things, you get to a point where you're homogenizing all your games which is already something that ubisoft had where it's like you're going to climb a tower you're going to synchronize your map and you're going to have a bunch of useless points in the map that is just to me random trash for you to go to yeah just so they can say they made a game that's got 400 hours worth of content or whatever it is you know? I, I
1: bet you they're doing what bungie's doing one day bungie's uh, player count's gonna be real low yeah they're gonna bring gallahorn back I guarantee you they're bringing Voss back just because oh, they're yeah. like they're, they're this, they, Far Cry 3 sold that. money yeah that's all they care about but money Far, but
0: Far Cry 5 sold more money than any of the Far Cry's before it which is weird because that one
1: so if anything you'd want to bring gonna back say still, Joseph yeah I will still say 2 is my favorite
0: We'll see. Either way, I would love that because I think it would also fix Ubisoft's problem of all their games feeling the same. Because if you play four Ubisoft games in a year, you've just played the same game four different times with four stories. Like, different stories, at least. The
1: only one exception is Rainbow Six Siege.
0: Yeah, I'll give you
1: that. I I, I will say that is a good... And they have a new Rainbow Six Siege game coming out, too, now. That weird, like, cartoon-looking thing.
0: I did not know that. It's,
1: it's, uh... I I don't know what it is. Um... I've but heard of that. Let's see. Let me see if I can find it real quick before we get too far off. But and I might have misinterpreted what it was because I just saw pictures of it. Is it called Siege Tales? Oh, I don't know. We'll go. Oh, and is on. it kind of
0: like how The Witcher had like a different? Like we're going to tell you more stories from The Witcher, but with a completely different style.
1: No. We'll see if I can find it real quick just before we can move on. 'Cause it was shown at the Ubisoft thing. Oh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just kinda watched it. I didn't recaps. either. I just yeah, that's all I did.
0: Because I couldn't watch it live anyway, so I was like, might as well just look at everything kind of in post.
1: And I just saw people talking about it with trailers. So and it could have been um. It could have been uh What is Ubisoft's thing called? Ubisoft forward.
0: I almost wonder if they're gonna do a thing like, you know, if you were thinking about it, what Siege is? Elite Squad.
1: That's what it's called? Yeah.
0: And it's Rainbow Six.
1: I don't know. Um, but it looks like Team Fortress. And it's using the same operators from Rainbow Six Siege. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what this is, though. If this is a mobile game or what. I don't know. That, that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. You know like. what it looks
0: like? It's is kind of what I was about to say. Is it them trying to give it more of the Overwatch treatment to where now they're going to have stories for each of the operatives and be like... They already kind of do. I knew they already did a little bit. Eh, either way, I don't know. Let's move forward. Tom Clancy's Clancy's Elite Squad. That's why they match because it's Tom Clancy game. I don't know.
1: It does look a lot Do like. you know what I miss with Tom Clancy? What? Splinter Cell. They're
0: going to come back with
1: it. Yeah, of course they are. I'm going to pay thirty dollars to get the silencer. <laughs> Next thing
0: up, PS4 is still doing its beta program for users who want to participate in trying out the newest firmware before it officially drops for everyone. With update 8.0 going into beta, don't expect massive changes to the PS4, of course, because PS5 is right on the horizon. Uh, But I do find it interesting that they're going forward with doing betas because it implies something bigger. So right now, if you actually look at the change log, the biggest changes seem to come to the party section, the party screen, and might give some insight on things that they want to change with the PS5 going forward and then homogenize with the PS4, considering that there will probably be crosstalk on some of the cross-gen games. So not all of them, but this is just kind of a thing to show you what they're going for. Uh, one of the change log notes is when starting a party, you can now choose to create a new group or selecting existing group. When you create a new group, it'll be saved even after the party has ended. You can start a new party with the same members by selecting the group that you previously created. The next change log is you can now use your group across party and messages. You can send messages to a group you created for a party or start a party with a group you've messaged with, and then the last. One that kind of ties into that. Messages have been added to the screen during parties. When you select messages, you'll see messages exchanged between party members uh, or members of your group, rather. I like that idea because this is, makes it a lot easier when we know we're going to be playing the forest. We have a group that we essentially go, this is the forest. This we the can playing
1: screenshots, play too, and then in, while you're in the party, you can view the messages without which, having to go around. Just and, like Discord. Yeah, yeah I love that smart. about Discord. And mm-hmm. I feel like, we were actually talking about this not too long ago, about PlayStation and Xbox not having a system similar to Discord. Yeah. And this seems like this will kind of be more of the mesh. And there's way more notes
0: that are yeah. all related to the party screen. So, These are the most noticeable ones. Yeah, though. this this just seems like something that is going toward, I expect this to be something that's going to be day one with the PS5 and maybe even more.
1: Now, I'm going to say something controversial. Do you know what would make this so much better if they incorporate this into the phone?
0: I was about to say that. Yep. I think with PS5, we'll probably get a new PlayStation
1: app. Yep, and see, people People often say about the Switch, it's like, I would never use my phone for that. I'm like, listen, if I can read all my messages while I'm in a party chat about this party so I don't have to stop the game, and I can sit there and I don't have to navigate through menus on my PlayStation, and I can do it quicker on my phone, I would much rather do it quicker on my phone.
0: So I know this sounds weird, and this is one of those things where I know that the cost would never make it worth it, but back when we were getting those renders of them doing a PlayStation 5 where the touchpad was instead a screen that you could also use as a touchpad at that point, People are like, why would you want a screen? That's the exact reason why. If you incorporate messages from the party on the screen, without having to stop the game or anything, I can just look down, see something, scroll through, read it, see a picture, whatever it be, and it would serve a very quick purpose. Now, the cost of that would be so high that... Oh, ridiculously high. But if you told me that you were going to create a different controller with that functionality as like a pro controller that was $150...
1: I'm crazy. It would have been hundred fifty dollars. Who <laughs> knows like what it would be?
0: But regardless, if you did that as a pro controller and all the other things that you'd expect from a pro controller were there, I'd buy. Give it. Give me
1: a two-inch, two and a half-inch LCD 4K crystal display on that controller.
0: <laughs> well, it wouldn't even have to be crazy. That's the thing. You could use a cheap no, IPS no, panel or me, even a TN make panel. Make it
1: crazy, and eh,
0: who knows? We'll see what happens. If you can do it with a smartwatch, I mean, you can put some crazy stuff in a
1: controller. Smartwatches, for ones with stuff like that, cost like $300 starting out. So this is a controller. This is more than just a smartwatch. I don't want it to be able to do everything a
0: smartwatch can, though. It's still getting the information. It's not having to process it What do you mean? It you locally. don't want to
1: answer your phone with your controller? Not at all. Oh, have like Never. a... Never. I have like a... Have like one. one you pick your whole of, controller up to your ear. Well, yeah, it's like you have at the end of one one handrest. You have the you have the you have the the speaker, and then on the other one you have the microphone. microphone. So then you hold it up. You're holding your controller like this, and then you can sit there and move the analog stick to turn the volume up, hit the square button, put it on speakerphone. That would be god awful. <laughs> I wouldn't. I. I don't like getting phone calls on my phone, let alone on a PlayStation controller. Probably eat that thing on my belt. You know what it would probably
0: be is it just be speakerphone. It'd use the speaker and then the microphone that's built into the center. That's all you'd do. And then we name it PlayStation Parties so that we can get all
1: our friends together and we could all talk over that speaker at once.
0: Oh, no, God. No, though did you see we'll get into that in a second actually Uh, it does I think that's the next piece of news yeah it it is is, so we got to finally see uh, look at the DualSense in hands as well as a little bit of a breakdown of its functionality as well as finally seeing the back of the device confirming that back buttons which have been a rumor for a while uh, will not be a function on the base version of the controller who knows if they'll ever do a pro controller Uh, this hands-on impression came with a deeper look at the PS5 pack-in game AstroBot Playroom which is apparently a sequel to AstroBot Rescue Mission but really if you remember it it comes pre-installed on the system, which is super which similar, is just like
1: Playroom now, the Playroom, which yeah. is on
0: PS4 and has been packed in on every PlayStation 4. I, I really launch.
1: wish, I really, really, this is minor complaint. I really wish they would not preload these things. Okay, I know this. sounds I don't like bloatware. Uh, don't me wrong. I get I'm never sure going to play that.
0: I'm and when I re, oh, I, I probably will because the thing here that's different about the Playroom, the Playroom was an experience. It was just we want to make you familiar with what the PlayStation can do. So it wasn't actually games. Like, yeah, there was but, no actual game. What I really appreciate about what they did here, it's kind of a that this like a is sequel. a real platform game that's just built in and what i think would be really cool i'm waiting to see since this is an actual game with real platforming real levels multiple levels and all that stuff and we got to see what they said with like a small chunk of it so it's a multi-hour game I would love if this is not only a packed-in game, probably isn't that big, but it'd be even cooler if that pack-in game actually had trophies. Because if you remember, there was a pack-in game on the Vita, I don't know if you ever played it, and I don't even know if it was a pack-in, but if nothing else, it was free, and I do think it was included on all systems at one point. It had trophies, and I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head, but you could platinum this game. Was was,
1: Was it the PlayStation Home game or
0: something? It wasn't PlayStation Home. And I really wish I could remember the name of it. It was I, I don't
1: recall any software or game software on my PlayStation Vita at all. Hold on. I'm trying to think of the web browser you had, the messages you had.
0: I'm trying to uh, Welcome Park? Was that what it was called? Gimme give, give me a second, let me find it. Welcome Park. That's a game? PS Vita. I, I'm pretty sure. Yes, that was it. Yeah. One, two, three. So welcome part. I think that was pre-installed. I never
1: knew that it was a game. Yeah, that it's was a game, service or something that I never used. Same,
0: same basic idea. We're going to get you familiar with the back touchpad, the touchscreen, the, the was, microphone. Yeah, that was definitely and you uh, could platinum included. You could platinum this. I game. don't
1: like games. I don't like services like that. Like my phone, I don't like. Like I'm so happy that whenever I ordered when my iPhone, it did not come with Facebook and Instagram and all oh, that no, crap I don't pre-loaded. want that either but this is a little different than that it is but for people who are not interested like me I, I would rather see because I'm not a fan of Astro Bot I don't care about the rescue mission I don't care about this game I would rather see the potential of this controller in a game I'm excited for I don't want to go test it out into a game I don't care about
0: yeah but this isn't really about you as much as it's people who may want to buy it and have something that shows well, them well that, but that's what I'm I saying I was
1: like them. just make it free
0: I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. You could still do it I don't it like Bloodware of any kind. And it's going to take up some of that already precious 825 gigs. Yeah,
1: speaking of which. I mean, digital, no more, digital, We no, first need,
0: thing that hit my brain was when they showed it was like, well, if it's a pack-end game, that is technically getting into that already limited hard drive
1: space. I need to know if digital is going to come with more hard drive space. I don't know. That's going to be really interesting. If it's not coming with more hard drive space, I'm expecting a price drop. Oh, yeah.
0: It's either going to match price and have more hard drive space or price drop but the hard drive space is so expensive. It's hard to imagine how they'd improve it. You
1: know, who knows? We'll see. No, <laughs> you, you could prove it by showing you the cost of a disc drive. Yeah. Cause I mean, even a Blu-ray disc drive for a PC is like $70. And then, yeah, but when you're buying these, in, anymore. when
0: you're buying these in bulk, the way that they are, you're even talking then, just say like thirty bucks. Yeah, you're, you're talking even in bulk, you're talking way less than that. You're probably talking ten dollars per system.
1: Even then, yeah. my my system costs ten dollars less.
0: Yeah. Oh well, no, you'll definitely probably more because they'll they'll take the price Should of this drive, more. which I actually think Digital Foundry I think did a thing on this. It's roughly twenty dollars uh, is what the thing is. It's, I do remember this now, and they say you know they look at it and say the profits that they get they get from um, digital games i can't remember the exact percentage but i think if 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 they account for the cost of not having a disk drive as well as you buying three digital games that makes up for the price difference if they were to drop it by 50 dollars. that's three free
1: digital games
0: yeah three digital games so
1: that's three of them that's that's three games yeah that's a that's a good difference yeah so who knows we'll see what happens but
0: either way um i'm gonna keep this up Uh, last thing, I think, uh, last couple of things here, uh, no man's sky we talked about earlier, continues to do the impossible and make huge sweeping changes, completely free of charge, going back to the whole divisive thing and how crazy it is. Uh, with its new desolation update, the update brings along procedurally generated freighters that are haunted, very reminiscent of something akin to Dead Space, bringing a sense of horror to the already existing survival aspects of the game. Other changes are continued uh, improvements to visuals, like improved bloom effects, better lens flare, and new lighting effects to nail the atmosphere the haunted freighters demand, uh, as well as there being way more improvements, like there always is, quality of life things smaller, uh, with the game. Also being 50% off for a limited time alongside this update, which tends to be their thing. Not only do we put out a big update, we put the game on sale.
1: Yeah. Um, which is smart. I like that they're adding some horror aspects to the game. I found that horror Did games, you actually look at the, the yeah, video? Uh, um, <laughs> what's it called? I know you probably just said it. But Desolation. Desolation, yeah. yeah. Um I have found that horror survival games are my jam. When when yeah. when when we were all playing together and something freaky is happening and we're like, guys, hey, hey, get over here, help! Well, like you're just like, oh, there's the boys, and they're just there they're staring at you. It's it's much more of a of an impactful experience with friends.
0: Well, I feel like when you think about it, survival games, anyway, they always do have something that's meant to actively scare you, at least in the sense of it could kill me. See, but, but I think the crafts- difference for the forest is. That it's not that it's just, it can kill me. It's like, not only can it kill me, but also what the hell am I looking at?
1: Yeah. Well, in Minecraft too, like there is, there is a super, in Minecraft is a kid's game or marketed as a kid's game more or less, but there is a sense of safety in Minecraft just by building a brick wall around you or a wood wall around you. There's nothing that can do anything to that brick wall or wood wall. Nothing. You're fine. That is not the case in the forest. Okay, I'm, well, to be fair, that's not entirely true.
0: Because the one thing, the only legitimately thing creeping, that kind of gets you is creeper.
1: But even then, if you're, that, if you're in that, say if you built a space that's four by four, the yeah. creepers are going to explode on the outside while you're yeah. inside. Yeah, you're right. But, but in but the forest, they're, they're going to break down them walls and get you. <laughs> and that's, that's one of those things. Is like It does a really good job of being a really good survival game and being a really good horror game. You, know, you' never feel completely safe.
0: I haven't played a ton of survival games, so I know that's one thing, but one thing I did thought I did think was interesting about the forest is the fact that stuff can degrade it's like if it gets hit and abused, it does break yeah so it 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 is interesting because like a lot of survival games it's the gameplay loop gets ruined once you get too good. Yeah. It's like once you get it to where it's like, oh, I've built everything that I possibly can and it can't be destroyed. So now suddenly the edge that the game had on you kind of goes away and it loses fun because you don't really feel like you're surviving surviving anymore other than you just feel like you've gimped the game out. It's like, ah, I beat you. you I have I've found the right solution, which to be fair, I'm pretty sure I accidentally found on the forest. I'm fairly positive and I started it. I'm fairly positive if you just build a houseboat with beds, I found a way for you to be able to make it to where you can get on top of the houseboat and you can build pretty much anything on the houseboat to where you can always stay on it. Your boat is always in the water. You can always run away with your shelter, and you can go around the entire map as
1: long as you build your boat house on See, the actual ocean. I don't like doing that in survival games because then you just beat it. Like at that point, it's not. I don't fun. know
0: for sure that you can, but I have a feeling. But also, you
1: can. Uh, I, I want you to know sharks can measure houseboat open this game. That's good. So, did you
0: finally? That means that they That didn't
1: happen so. to me, but I was like, I watched a video of like 30 tips that every new forest player should know. And it's yeah. like, first of all, there are sharks and crocodiles in this game. So I know there
0: sharks. I've been eaten by one.
1: Yeah. And, and they're like, don't swim out in open waters. But they're like, if you plan on building rafts and stuff like that to avoid the sharks, do not uh, aggress them because they will come after you and destroy your raft. So, that means they can destroy other things.
0: You you imagine yeah they they would have the same did hit you, functionality. Did
1: you see that video I sent yesterday in our group chat? I did not. I was very busy yesterday. Okay, we well, get to a point while we're doing the uh, uh, while you're reading this, and I'll show you this video when I, when I get to a talking point. Okay, cool
0: uh anyway next big thing is actually the last thing we're going to talk about uh and it's in regards to something that actually happened at least on xbox side two weeks ago i would have talked about this last week the new one actually came during the dualshock 4 thing and they're are remarks that are kind of two sides of the same discussion from two different companies clearly one being xbox one being sony um so if you remember these two different companies in the last two weeks has kind of given a recommitment and kind of a further push of things that we've kind of seen them do and and show like, oh, this is kind of what they're leaning toward. And me and Saul, we've talked about that before we recorded. It's like this, in a way, feels like something we've talked about a bunch. But this, excuse me, is the first time that they have talked about it in such like this is what we're saying, and this is going to be our tagline. Microsoft have done actions that implies where they stand, and they've even made small remarks about how they want to do things. But Microsoft uh, and Phil Spencer specifically actually was quoted saying about two weeks ago, quote, gaming is about entertainment and community and diversion and learning new stories and new perspectives. And I find it completely counter to what gaming is about to say that part of that is to lock people away from being able to experience those games. Um, And that's in relation to exclusives the series X lack of true exclusives as, as the terminology would be used as a game that only exists on series X. Um, but also about backwards compatibility and how he views that. And the interesting thing about this is that before we get into that, the, the opposing stance rather that was taken by Sony and expounded on during the, uh, the interview for the PS5s DualSense uh, marketing head Eric Lampel said, "quote We are always trying to push the boundaries of play. We want to excite gamers and deliver new experiences. In many cases, we can't take everyone with us from previous consoles because you need new hardware and devices. And clearly, those are two very different statements. Now, I think that there are downsides to both of them, but I think one of the things that hits me the most, and least in my opinion, I find feel statement." Both of them are clearly corporate speak.
1: Both of them, yeah. Both of them are.
0: But I think that the problem with Phil's is that it reeks so much of corporate speak because the way that they chose to word it can be broken apart so easily because... Even if, let's say Phil, I do think that Phil actually feels that way. He probably does. Yeah. But here's the problem. Knowing that he's part of a company and knowing what he's saying, if he, regardless of how he may truly feel, the sentiment is not extended to the extent that they're willing to put their exclusives, Microsoft exclusives onto Sony, or even all of them onto Nintendo. Now I'll give them credit. They've put more, they've put some of their games at least onto Nintendo, though a very small section for the most part. They are keeping their con- their stuff to their console and their thing. And that includes PC because Microsoft is part of PC. So when you look at that, I feel like that's a really hollow statement and it's corporate speak because if you really truly believed that gaming is supposed to be about having everyone be able to play these things regardless of hardware and device, you wouldn't even have exclusives. They I, would literally be on everything.
1: I think what Microsoft's really worried about is a monopoly. Yeah, probably. I think that's kind of what this statement's going for is because... Clearly, they're buy- they're buying studios, first-party mm-hmm. studios, for these exclusives, and you know we're mentioning Outer Worlds and Hellblade. They're now exclusives to Xbox, and
0: that's again something that goes really against. See, new exclusives, I don't even care because I view that as part of the thing. But I think it's really interesting when somebody buys a studio and then takes a series that has always been third-party. Again, I don't normally care. Normally, it's part of the business. It's like, okay, well, you bought a studio and that IP, and of course, you want to use that IP to benefit your brand. But if at the same time, you're telling me that you believe that locking experiences out from systems, and you're taking games that used to be on all systems, and now telling me that they're going to be exclusive to Xbox and PC, you're you're kind of double-talking.
1: Well, it's weird, too, because he keeps putting these games on Switch, but not on PlayStation.
0: Yeah, and, and not even all of them, but some of them. Now, well, our, Cuphead and Ori are very big games. Yes, they are. They are, and they are very big games in the indie scene that excels on Switch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's a move that makes
1: sense. Throw, I mean, honestly, I, when they Phil said both of them. Throw Master Chief Collection on PS4. Yeah. There's been a rumor for a long time now. Yeah. I think the day that happens is the day that we'll finally concede that Microsoft is not a competitor anymore they are that they're that they're this is what we've been talking about for a while now they're not trying to compete with playstation anymore yeah they are simply just trying first of all to stay in business but second of all i feel like they are truly moving towards a neutral um platform
0: see and when that day comes i agree everything that they said suddenly makes sense yeah the problem with what i have right now is they've had so much corporate speak about this and about trying to Somebody actually worded it really well whenever I was looking on one of the forums. I think it may have been N4G. I I can't remember. It may have been even... I'm trying to remember. But somebody said that the problem with this is that because of the way that it's so clearly able to be broken down and say, well, if you really felt this way, you do this. It sounds like they're trying to spin a negative in the sense that they don't have any Series X exclusives or games that are really truly going to be able to push Series X completely yet that they're trying to spin that negative into a positive by doing some corporate speak now regardless of what they're actually trying to do it's so easy for the optics to become that because of the fact that they're not putting these games on everything it's so much easier to break down and go okay I get what they're saying because they literally have their game on every system that it can possibly be on Yeah. but but by, by saying this and even a few months ago when they said we don't view PlayStation as a competitor anymore clearly you do otherwise you wouldn't keep your games off of their platform that's what I mean is like the day that they really do truly break open and say every single game that we publish as Microsoft studios is also going to come to Sony and the day that they stop trying to get, which I don't know if I'd consider marketing deals to be involved with that. I think that's just trying to get people to look at a game and essentially what are they, what is it? Um, when they when they think of the game they think of your console i can't think of the wording um, i'm trying to picture but essentially associate yeah. yeah you want people to associate xbox with assassins creed or associate xbox with Battlefield, whatever it, whatever it be. Uh, it, we, even when it's a third-party game that may be available elsewhere. Uh, I don't know if those are really as part of it, but at least on the exclusive side, if Microsoft genuinely does just one day go, every every game we have is going on every platform. It's going on Switch. If we can get it to run on Switch, and if they give it the old college try and it just can't work, fine. But it's going to come on PC, it's going to come on PS4, it's going to come on PS5, fine,
1: great. See, I think that's the problem, is that they don't have enough resources to be able to to make sure, sure those games work properly. Sure. And I think that they've gone too far now, and they have investors that will obviously pull out if they stop selling consoles or they start winding down on consoles to focus on multiplats. Um, I will say it is smart what they're doing with XCloud. They had just announced Cloud on a whim. Oh, XCloud, yes, yeah, yeah, on the other day, and it's like if you got if you have Ultimate Games Pass or whatever or Ultimate Xbox Live Gold, you get it for free. Yeah, included. Uh, That's a great no idea. No price uh, increase or nothing. And you know, if it works well, then it works well. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't, this is going to be kind of seen as a negative. But yeah, it's going into a weird area where I'm not entirely too sure what we're going to see of it. Because the, on one hand, they'll say uh, locking away these games are bad for everybody because not everybody gets to experience it. But then they'll buy studios and then you inherently make those first party exclusives or second yeah, party suddenly exclusives. Suddenly you're locking out games. Yeah, people. and suddenly they're the ones that are doing it too. And it's, it's curious as to why or like, like what's the purpose of that?
0: Well, it's kind of like regardless of what they want themselves to be seen at, seen as, in terms of these, the you know the PR sphere, because it's, that's what all this speak is. It's it's PR, regardless of what they want themselves to be perceived as. Their actions, if you really do look behind the words, their actions show that regardless, they're still just being a corporation. They're still doing things that you'd expect a business to do. Uh, And what's also weird is that with all this speak going on, did you see the thing where Xbox Live is no longer available in one year? You can only get it. It's being discontinued. So Xbox Live can only be continued to be purchased in a one-month or a three-month capacity. And... People are saying, well, maybe it's because they're going to do away with it make it to where the only way you get Xbox Live is if you buy the Games Pass Gold. That way, every person who has online also has Games that Pass. That actually it makes sense. I would prefer them to do that because it ties it, everything into one subscription. And I agree that having them doing it that way, which they already do, is fine. But Blake, so one of the biggest people who's a Microsoft fan that I know, he said exactly uh, what my other side kind of feels, which is, But what about people who just genuinely don't care about Game Pass? What about the people who only want to play Call of Duty every year and want to minimize the amount of money it costs to play that online? Well, then now you're taking away the option of being able to just buy the cheapest actual option to do that. It's true, but I wonder what the price difference would be. if we're going to use their wording, now that's counter to what gaming's about. Though, if you really want to talk about it, paying for online is counter to what gaming is about.
1: Isn't Games Pass the same price as Xbox Live? Uh, Yeah, individually. And, so, then, and then Xbox Live itself or is... Well, if they include Xbox Live in a Games Pass, it would just be another service they would buy instead. It, yeah, now, see, And then just give games as benefits, similar to PS Plus. But they already get uh, games of gold, too. Yeah, so. you'd, you'd
0: honestly cut the games as benefits uh, if you really wanted to. It'd just be that novice uh, game on Games Pass that's evergreen, as long as you have it. And then it wouldn't be any different to gold or PS Plus. As long as you have the service, you can play the games. Yeah. But what gets weird there is that right now, if you buy Games Pass Ultimate, it's $120 a year um if you do it that way but or actually it's 15 dollars a month for games pass ultimate uh so yeah. if you do that it's actually more it's 100 and
1: way more actually. well no i think it's under 20 if you buy the full year bundle
0: can you buy it a year now i think so you used to you couldn't so if they did that and it made 120 dollars, great i think so uh that's cool but it still does take away it does mean that if you only want to play online and you don't want any of the games pass stuff now you're having to pay double just to be able to get that functionality, so it's well. Just,
1: that's what I'm saying though. Is it? Is it though? If, if they include games, well, Xbox Live, in a Games Pass with no car with no extra charge, you're, it's the same price.
0: Well, no, because unless they make Games Pass Ultimate sixty dollars a year, which they're oh, not wait, are going you saying that do, they're
1: only going to include Xbox Live in a Games Pass Ultimate in a year capacity? Yes, I don't know if they would ever do that. Well, I think right, right
0: like, now that's exactly what it is. You I, can buy one month or three months of Xbox Live Gold. Or you can buy, apparently, a year of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for 120 But you can no longer buy a $60
1: year of, of Xbox Live Gold. Maybe you can't buy it yearly. I thought you could now. I don't know if I you can. I thought that came all. with the uh, XCloud announcement, but I must have yeah. misread.
0: So let's break it into PlayStation. It'd be like if PlayStation suddenly said, Hey, we're going to take PS Plus and we're going to take PS Now and we're going to put them together for $120 a year fine that's cool actually i'd totally be down for that and i would pay for it but for everybody that doesn't care about ps now if they suddenly said but also at the same time of doing that you can no longer buy just an, a year of ps now for 60 or ps plus for 60 dollars now you have to buy
1: this but see that still does not matter because it's, it's the not same it's price. not the same cost
0: because what it is you're being forced to spend 60 dollars more a year for something you may not have interest in which is ps now and or, uh, or I see xbox game yeah. pass yeah so it wouldn't be the same price it, it would be, be the, it would be the same upcharge price if you were going to get both originally anyway but how much so i guess it would just be smarter to buy it quarterly right i don't know i don't it'd probably still be cheaper to buy it a year but if you don't care about that then it, at least it would still be ultimately cheaper for you to buy it quarterly because quarterly not much though
1: is it quarterly 25 dollars 24.99 so yeah. it's a
0: hundred dollars a year Instead of one hundred and twenty, it's kind of like it's trying to force you into buying. Which I'm wrong. I tell people all the time now: if you can buy Buy your subscriptions at a year because it's way cheaper. Dude, when when I see people who buy PS Plus or Games Pass or uh, or even Game Pass, if I see people who are buying Game Pass. Uh, our ps plus or xbox live gold per month at ten dollars a month yeah like, are
1: you are you a fool you're spending 60 extra dollars a year that's a game <laughs> that's a literal game that you could get for free but i know people who do it so um you know communities take i wonder on this is gonna be interesting that's what
0: i was trying to figure out what do you, where do you want to go with communities take i've been lacking some of the more like you know open ones that are kind of
1: yeah. out there uh, um i am sick of talking about xbox though <laughs> how about this community's take is what do you think of the dual sense
0: yeah what was your take on the dual sense and the Astrobot demo that kind of showcased it? Yeah. Also, he Jeff Keighley said it during that. Keighley, whatever. Um It's Keighley, I think, right? I don't honestly I, I think he keeps saying it Keely, so it's probably what it is, but I don't care. Uh I'm not trying to say his name wrong. I just it's it's built into me for some reason. But it is really weird to try and show that those features. And they even said it in the interview, like it, in a normal year. They would be having the controller at events so people could get their own hands on them. They would, But probably, right now, their yeah. only option is to do something like what they did, which is weird. Because all yep. I have to do is take your word for it that the sand feels different in the haptics than something else does. Yeah. I have to take your word for it. That, like, it
1: was cool. It sounds to me. And it was interesting, but. Like, they are taking vibration motors and either doing one of two things with them. Really over-hyping up the fact they put vibration motors in different spots of the controller that feel different. That they have actually revolutionized vibration motors. So I'm
0: saying one of the two has to be true, but right now we're just left to kind of be
1: like we don't know. And see, in a COVID-free world, I would think that Sony would have uh, would have done what they did with the VR, yep. where every every few Game Stops around the world around the United States, they'll get a free test demo, mm-hmm. and then you go there and there's like a Sony rep, and he'll let you play with the controller and stuff. Like me and you went to go play with Sony VR before or PlayStation VR before it came out. So that's the community's take. Tell us what you guys think. Tell us what you think of the DualSense controller. And don't forget, you guys can find us every Monday on YouTube in video form at twelve noon Central Time and ten AM Pacific. And you can find us across all podcast services in the world. If you find a podcast service that we're not a part on, let us know. But if you find a podcast service that we're a part on, and we have, and you can rate us and review us, do so. Be honest about it. Leave a like if you did if you like it, dislike it if you don't. and be sure to share with your good friends and buddies and families. They may like to hear two nerds talk about PlayStation. They may not. And one last thing to get, to get on your nerves, um, join our Patreon where every three months you get a really, really cool custom case designed by Brett. Or if you pick the hyper light drifter, you'll get the one case I've made. Um, (laughs) I would appreciate that. Someone
0: has chosen that case. I I appreciate it every time.
1: (laughs) Uh, but yes,
0: Brett, i'll take it away we appreciate you guys and also i need to put out the uh choose your case thing for this month because it's just the month to do it Jedi so Drifter. <laughs> thanks to our patrons josh Terrell, matthew green my name is dan luke bartolomeo i'm reminding myself that i still haven't updated this so i will add the names that need to be added in just real time but sean sanderud funk turkey danny villiobos Corey hickerson blake popst Kevin Bacon Pitts, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, the Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs. I'm going to throw in Josh Lago over here, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter. So i to throw in my boy Landis. Uh, then there's Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Brandon Edwards, Tyler B. Sean Juan Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, and last but certainly not least, uh, Jason Clendenning, Zach Sawyer, and also Ally Valiant. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week.